Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your Tome editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to bring you exclusive Gen Con D&D audio. This is coming to you, just like in previous years, unedited and uncut. We hope you enjoy it, and if you like the show, please visit our Tome Show sponsor, Noble Knight Games, where Out of Print is available again. And if you visit their site, please tell them that the Tome Show sent you. All right, and we are here with our 2015 Gen Con wrap-up discussion. The con is not over. It's like 6 o'clock on Saturday. Um, But most people start to go home on Sunday, and um, most of the major events and announcements and games have been played and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to talk about what we did and what the best parts were and any, any rumors or speculation or news that we heard in the process of going through Gen Con this year. So... Uh, Rudy Basso. Hello. What was your favorite? Oh, oh, Rudy Basso is with us oh, from the D and D V and G podcast, as well as my co-host Tracy Hurley and host of the Roundtable and Gamer to Gamer, James Intracasso. And bonus action and what else are you doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a lot of free time. You have a lot of free time. So, Rudy, tell us what was your favorite part of Gen Con this year? Oh my goodness. I don't, we, we did so much, James and I played so many different games, I think maybe that's it, just the chance to play so many different things, and maybe we didn't like some of it as much as the other things, but it's still great to, to have that opportunity to meet really knowledgeable people who do a great job explaining rules, and uh, and and just have a good time. You don't have a favorite of all those games you played? We played a game today that's like a miniatures war game called 1879. That's kind of like colonial era British soldiers versus like monsters, basically. <laughs> monsters and zombies and skeletons. And I'm not that much of a, a miniature war gamer, but something about that setting really, really worked for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I really love the Nice Black Agents game that we just came from uh, that was... That was directed by a fine gentleman named Billy White. Thank you, Billy. Um, Who has a podcast? Remember he does. Name? James has... It's called Virtual Play. Virtual Play, yeah. Him and his brother talking about games. Um, it was so great to meet with you guys. And uh, even then, tonight, I'm going to the D&D Epic, and uh, it's supposed to be really fun. Oh, and the meetup was great fun. We don't have to talk too much about that, but that was a blast to meet some of the people that actually listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. So, it's been a fantastic Gen Con Uh yeah, I'm just really happy with my overall experience. Good. Tracy Early. Yes. What was your favorite part of Gen Con this year? Well, it's always my favorite part is to go around Artist Alley. Oh. Mm-hmm. And see all the different art uh, styles that I don't necessarily see in in the products I buy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And right learn new artists. Did you buy any art? I did. I bought a, a graphic novel called Black Rose, uh, and that came with a print as well. Okay. Uh-huh. Cool. James! Oh, man. So, uh, I'm with Rudy. Last year was our first Gen Con, and we decided maybe like three weeks before that we were coming, uh, so we didn't really get into any games. We weren't really sure how it all worked, uh, which was a great way to do Gen Con. We had a blast, clearly. We're back again. This year, we have so many games, we barely have time to eat. Uh, so, uh, and I definitely prefer doing things that way. Um, so, uh, it was nice to, to try a ton of games. The 1879 game was fun. Nice Black Agents was fun. Playing 13th Age, uh, was a great experience. So, I like doing that. Um, but I really have also enjoyed all of the time that I have gotten to spend, uh, with just hanging out with people that you don't get to see. Uh, I... 
do not get to see Jeff Reiner or Tracy Hurley until I am out of Gen Con. In fact, I didn't even see Tracy Hurley last year at Gen Con. So we met for the first time, like, in a place where we were both there breathing the same air, uh, <laughs> this Gen Con. And she's even more awesome in person. Um, so it's... Meeting the people uh, is is a really really fun thing. Yeah. Uh, Good yeah. answer, James. <laughs> well, and, and that's that's <laughs> always he my feels like a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that, that's always my favorite part of Gen Con. My favorite part of Gen Con is always uh, the people, and part of it is seeing the friends that I have that I only get to see once a year at Gen Con. Uh, but part of it's also meeting the listeners, right? And it happens more and more every year. I find it every year more <laughs> yeah. people recognize the show and, and, and say, oh, because I've got microphones and seminars and whatever, and you guys have all listened to those by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and after those recordings, I almost always get two or three or five or six people coming up and saying, oh, I'm a big fan. I listen to the show. Thanks for what you're doing, you know, whatever. Uh, combine that with the meetup that you guys organized that we had last night. And we met a bunch of uh, listeners there, and uh, I mean, it was it was great. Uh, and that's always my favorite part. Whether it's um, the people I get to see only once a year, or meeting the fans, or making contacts that can turn into future interviews and whatever, and, and doing that too. I recommend everybody start a D and D podcast and and build it for several years <laughs> so that you can start doing interviews with inside uh, with the, the industry insiders and whatever. I got uh, got to talk to um, Mike Merles. Um, like I do on occasion, and um, in that interview, got some 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 of what I'm used to getting yeah. from from somebody who works for a large corporation in terms of uh, evasiveness, but also um, a little. Sometimes you get some uh, some more candidness um, mm-hmm. than you're used to as well. So I, I got some things out of that interview that I hope uh, people have listened to at this point and got something out of. Um, so yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I. I Based on that interview and the, uh, I'm going to move into a a discussion of speculation now, but based on that interview and a seminar from Cobalt Press, um, I suspect, (coughs) excuse me, that we're going to hear about um, some sort of third party license for D&D within the next few months, like by definitely this fall. Yeah. I think we're going to hear about it sooner rather than later. Um. Because well, not only because of the seminar stuff, but also because we know that there are people who are trying to go forward with fifth right. edition stuff without a license. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it moves them perhaps to <laughs> right. Well, and, 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 some money, yeah. and in the interview, Mike Merle said that it's you know it's I think there's a, a license ready to go, but I'm not the only one involved. Is what he said. So other people get to make help make that decision. And that's why it's taking a little bit longer. But then in the, like. Later that day in that seminar with Kobold, Wolfgang Bauer is like, well, I've got this Kickstarter for a monster book that I want to publish. I'm not going to publish it until there's a license, um, but I expect to have it in people's hands by the, before the end of the year. Right. Well, that means he seems to think there's going to be a license relatively soon. If, if he thinks right. there's time to kickstart it, write it, publish it, and still get it in people's hands by the end of the year. And I know talking to like a lot of my friends, they have stuff that they want to publish, but they're kind of waiting to see they're what the license like, looks like. Yeah. I uh, don't want to be a downer on the the third party license party because I I do think it looks good from everything we've been hearing, but I also think that 
we have heard things before where it's they truly believe it. Yep. You're like, they, this is this must be true because they believe it, and then it's like, and, and then you never hear anything about That's, it again. You're, you're so, not wrong. Yeah. I will believe it when we have it, but we, I am hopeful. We, we actually saw digital products for fourth edition yeah. right. <laughs> that then never came out. Like, we saw the, the running, and then it never came out. <laughs> so, right, right. Twice. Yeah. Both, we saw it for fifth edition, too, with Dungeons Cave. Exactly. We actually, I actually played with the digital product, <laughs> yeah. and then it never was released. <laughs> yeah. I feel a safe thing to say, like because we already see a bunch of, a, a number of 5e products that, that regardless of whether, of whether or not the third party license mm-hmm. comes up we're going to see more oh, uh, yeah. third party yeah. 5e content and actually similarly to the digital um, thing also in that interview it sort of comes out that it sounds to me like Watsy is not working on any digital products at all like, yes, yeah. that but, was what I Well, mean. they but, have the realm works now. Well, so they're not they're not working fantasy on any of it. Fantasy I'm sorry, fantasy, fantasy grounds. They're so not working on any like of it. And, and, and he made a point yeah. of saying that we have this fantasy grounds license, mm. and he was very clear to say, and it is not exclusive. And we are talking okay. to other, and we are continuing to talk to other people. So there may be more digital products being made, but it's not being made by Watsi, which yeah. maybe is okay because Watsi doesn't not have a great track record on digital products. So. I just, it's funny because it seems to me like, okay, if you're going to get in with Fantasy Grounds, like, there's a clear leader in Hero Lab, kind of, for mm-hmm. people who make a great character builder that a lot of people already like, um, and I, I feel like that could move faster uh, if that were the case, so it is interesting that maybe they're just not as, it doesn't seem as pressing to them. Uh, and well, it certainly, you know, 5th edition doesn't require me to use a character no, in the way. And, and it also sounds like there are, he, he mentioned there are certain uh, companies that they've talked to and they've tried to negotiate licenses and they continually don't work. Right. So it could be like with a Hero Lab, there are certain things that are non-negotiables for Hero Lab that interfere with the non-negotiables for Hasbro. Exactly. <laughs> and so yeah, that yeah. will just never happen until one of them is willing to budge. Yeah, that makes sense. Any other speculation or news that people heard while we were here? Yeah, um, we asked Jeremy Crawford about the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which was in this big Hollywood litigation as of last year. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll decide, okay, proceedings are over, and then the judge will go away for nine months to determine <laughs> the actual uh, declaration. And um, while he couldn't give us a timeline or anything like that, he did say that there's going to be an announcement. Very soon. Mm-hmm. And I believe that was verbatim. <laughs> yes. Which, you know, very soon is relative. Which, again, but like, in the same way that we were going to have a license last spring, right? I don't know. <laughs> well, it just shows that they're moving towards something, and if Wizards is going to make an announcement, then maybe it is in their favor. Yeah. Uh, which would be good, because the guys who own the license are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also, and, and you made me, because we're talking about license again, yeah. and made me think that um, I also... And this is my my speculation and reading the room a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I heard I've I've heard some very interesting and, and sometimes different perspectives on what it's like to be either a licensor or a studio that's working for Watsi or whatever. Right? Um, I've, you know, there are certain studios that that didn't outright say that they didn't want to do anything like that again, but we're kind of, you know, ah, well, if an if a, if a open license came out, we've certainly looked at it. Maybe we'd do something. Maybe we wouldn't, you know. Uh, they just didn't seem real enthusiastic about writing for D&D anymore after having gone through the process. Um, and on the other hand, 
there was some panels where a third-party publisher, Kobold, is like, well, I can neither confirm nor deny that I have been in meetings that I can neither confirm nor deny we're about doing another project for, you know, the world's most popular role-playing, you know, whatever, right? Um, Which, you know, of course makes it sound a lot like, oh... Wolfgang Bauer is talking about doing another project with oh, yeah. as a studio for Watsi, like they did Tyranny of Dragons. Sure, and you know Sasquatch as as much as that interview with Rich that you had was like, you know, yeah, it was hard and everything. They're putting out Primeval Fool for fifth edition, uh, yeah. you know, without working with Watsi. So, yeah. but it's clear that people know there's money to be had there yeah. by by putting things out. Yeah, it sounds like Watsi. I, I think. The whole Watsi Studio mm-hmm. system is new enough that that there are differing expectations about how that would go on both ends, mm-hmm. and, sure. and some of that just needs to get sorted out, or else it's going to fall apart. Maybe it will, and maybe the studio system just doesn't work in that industry, mm-hmm. um, but or it's people got to figure out how to make it work. So. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Any other news or speculation? Uh, no. I asked uh, <laughs> if they're going to do more games at the Sword Coast Legends, and he was like, oh, well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and those are the kinds of things that, yeah, as, yeah, as, as uh, press, we can continue to, to in, pursue yeah, later. annoy right? them about. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I do think that one thing we will see is I think we're going to see a few more from WotC. Source books like the Sword Coast uh, Adventurers. Guy. Yeah, so Mike talked about that in, in my interview as well. Um, I don't know if Jeremy talked about what they might be doing in the future, but um, Mike talked about they sort of envision you know the the section of the game store where the D and D stuff is, mm-hmm. and they wanted the core books, of course, and then they wanted stuff for people to play. Like they wanted mm-hmm. people that was a priority. That's why they focused on creating these three full campaigns, not just short little adventures, right? You know, because because they saw in like fourth edition that they made a lot of short adventures. People got in, they played for a month or two, and then they're like, okay, well, that was fun, let's go back to our normal thing or whatever. So by providing full campaigns, you can give people a long term uh, exposure and experience with. The, with 5th edition, uh, and, and he feels like that is working, but now they have those. They have these three full campaigns available, uh, and so it looks like, it sounds like they may start looking at other um, areas to expand the game or, or support the game, rather than just campaigns and adventures. Now, that doesn't mean that there won't be campaigns and adventures, too. Sure. But that we might see more things like the Sword Coast uh, regional uh, uh, so. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, there's there's been hinting about an unearthed Arcana book, perhaps coming yeah. out. That all the material that's in the articles, once they revise it and uh-huh. get the surveys out, that that could be something. So um, I would love, I'd love to see more. But I also, I enjoy the fact that like we're not being flooded with stuff that yeah. I'm never going to read. And they, they saw that as well, right? That Mike talked a lot about how a lot of the decisions they make are very data driven, right? Mm-hmm. That they're really looking at data. And that's thus all the surveys and all that kind of stuff. Jeremy talked yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of you know we were asking why is there such a small presence, and that's kind of what they were going on and on about. This is this is Gen Con is for the gamers and for for to be yeah. playing and for us to be able to talk to people who are playing and get that direct feedback. And we've sure. got these monthly surveys, so that really is what they're doing. They're yeah, as and, much and Mike, information Mike as they can. gave this very specific story that. Well, we, we've done seminars and things at Gen Con forever, right? Mm-hmm. But when we do seminars at Gen Con, we'll fill half a room mm-hmm. and have 40, 45, maybe 50 people in there. Yeah. And then, but the game floor where we're running games is packed. We'll go to PAX, mm-hmm. 
and we don't even get a dedicated game game area, but we will fill 800 people into a seminar. Yeah. So the, the, he said it's just an issue of priorities. We decided, well, clearly Gen Con, according to the people who come here, is a, is a place where you play games, and PAX is a place where you go and see, get information and go to seminars. Classic supply and demand. And then I had to fig- then I have to start to figure out, okay, well, then who do I know in Seattle that can go to PAX <laughs> and start recording it? Because apparently right. that's where all that stuff's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I, can't, I can't go. So. One thing was at PAX South this year, too, right? I think they... they... Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I didn't even know Pax South existed until about a week ago. So. <laughs> Who's going to Pax Australia, Jeff? Well, how's that budget work? I will totally volunteer if we can find the, the funds. So. Yeah, yeah so. so be sure to use the affaliate links. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this may be a good time to stop and thank our sponsor, Noble Night Games. We're out of print is available again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something you might look for at Noble Night Games... Is the different things that were available at Gen Con? Let's talk about what we bought. Oh, what yes. did we buy at Gen oh, Con this year? I have a great story. So I talked about how pumped we were to try the WWE game, <laughs> and so we went to Gale Force 9's booth, and I'm staring at it, and a guy comes over from Gale Force Nine. He's like, "Hey, you like the game?" And I'm like, "Ah, yeah, I haven't played it, but I think I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it." And he's like. Oh, you're going to buy it? Well, let's try it first. Like, I was ready to make the sale, <laughs> but he still wanted me to try it out. And That's so cool. James and I demoed it, and it yes, I definitely wanted it. <laughs> but the fact that he was willing to do that was just, like, shows the confidence they have in their product. And the quality of the game. Exactly, and the quality of the game. And it is a really neat, neat, yeah. neat. Because, I mean, that's a risk. You were ready to buy it. Exactly. And he, he may have just talked about it. He might have just talked <laughs> me out of a sale. But um, it, if you like professional wrestling... It truly is the best board game rule set I've ever seen for, for professional, professional wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. Yes. I can't think of another professional wrestling I, nor board can game. I. And you know what? There's never going to be yeah, one that's yeah. as good as this. That's so. a bow bar to clear, but this game So you bought the WWE uh, board game. Did I you, did. Did you buy anything else on the show? Uh, no, I'm, I'm like debating whether to buy the... Um, the, the expansion book for uh, Night Spike Agents. Okay. I went to Pelgrane's booth before, and so maybe if we... May, I, I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Tracy, what'd you buy? I bought Titan's Grave. Hey, so did everybody. Or yeah. so did nobody. Just Titan's Grave? Uh, and the, the, you got Fantasy Age too? Yeah. Okay. Have you gotten a chance to peruse? Probably not, but... I, I did a bit, and it looks pretty cool. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. I, so I, I also bought Titan's Grave and, and Fantasy Age, um... And um, I, I, I watched the the show on Geek and Sundry, and I didn't realize how close we were to the end of the story in the videos. Hmm. It feels like we're I, I feel like watching the show that there's still a decent amount left, and then I get to the adventure. It's like oh. This is, I mean, it's not yeah. over, but it's wrapping up quicker than I thought it was going to. Well, I think, according to the book, they edited it down to four hours, maybe, of, of video. Okay. Mm. Uh, so they're saying, explaining that there are uh, additional options within the book. So yeah. even if you've watched through the, the show, play, there's more stuff. Yeah. In, in the adventure, yeah. And I, and I was impressed looking at the people that worked on it, too, uh, and people that we know. Rob Schwab was, worked on the book, Logan Bonner worked on the book. Um, I know, of course, the Green Ronin crew all worked on it, so... Rob Schwab's always working. That guy has worked on everything <laughs> that came out this year. Yeah. Rob Schwab had a hand in Only the really good stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. everything that came out that he's worked on has been pretty good. So. <laughs> Somebody should give that guy work in the game field. I don't know. Yeah. A little game called D&D. Yeah. yeah. Well, and he, I mean, he had a super, super successful Kickstarter that yeah. reached its goal in, in 24 hours. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. So, James, uh, is that all you bought? 
Tracy? Much. Okay. James, what else? Well, what did you buy? Uh, so I bought the 13th Age core rulebook, um, which I did not own, uh, and I'm very happy to have. And now I'm also considering a lot of other things. Rudy and I are still here for a significant portion of Sunday, um, which we feel is a great day to go buy things because the lines aren't as long and everything. Um, so, uh, so long suckers like me are already on our way home. Exactly. <laughs> uh, if you listen to the pre-con podcast, Mike Shea suggested I buy Love Letter. And there is a Batman love letter uh, that I really want to go buy. Um, so I want to check that out. And then actually, uh, Tracy. <laughs> so you didn't talk about yeah. the card game you got. Yeah, yeah. I really want to go pick that up, uh, which Marital was cool. Bliss. Yeah, yeah, talk about that. Uh, so it's a, a card game at the beginning of the week. Um, it's You play it as part of your real life. At the beginning of the week, you pick like seven mission cards. And it, you're, there's secret missions you do like, kind of to help your, your partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it's stuff to do around the house or specifically for your partner. And then, but you have to do them in secret. If they can guess which mis- that you're doing a particular mission, you don't get the points for it. And then you can use the points to get rewards at the end of the week. Nice. Yeah, so it's great. And the rewards are things like, things. the rewards are things like uh, your, your partner gets you flowers or... You get a night completely to yourself. A night completely to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> reward indeed. <laughs> and rewards that are the complete opposite of a night completely to yourself. <laughs> yeah. All the best parts of being married. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. And it was designed by, a, I think, a couple. Like, they're oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I haven't... I haven't made the decision to pull the trigger on it yet, but there was a card game that Green Ronin put out that they talked about at their panel that, that people... I'm sure I've listened to by now, um, and I didn't realize it was already out and at their booth, called uh, Love Hate, um, and it's a little bit, um, reminds me a little bit of Cards Against Humanity. Oh, nice. Uh, the, the idea is that everybody has a hand of uh, sentence finishers, and then there's a, a common deck that everybody shares, and you flip over a card, and it has a subject in it, and then you create a sentence. Um, I love bicycles, and then you, you play your sentence finisher, because everyone gets a turn, or whatever, you know, and, yeah. and, or I hate bicycles because, and then you use your sentence finisher, and then the one person who's judging that round says who wins, and so it works like Cards Against Humanity that way. So that sounded like a, a fun little party game that I could take to, you know, to a, a bar after work with my coworkers and, and play, you know, it doesn't have to be a bunch of geeks hanging out, so. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, and that style of card game, uh, you know, the apples to apples, yeah. Cards yeah. Against yeah. Humanity style is, is hugely successful and a lot of fun to play, True. so, yeah. And that makes me think of something, too, one of the, the before Kickstarter became a big thing, because that happened to be a Kickstarter game that I backed, oh, yeah. um, I don't buy as much here, necessarily, Except for things like Marital Bliss that I may not have come across otherwise. Right. But, like, all of the normal RPG stuff I often already have before I even get to the con. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, besides that, uh, that I haven't bought yet, bought, and I may or may not, um, uh, I got Fantasy Age and Titan's Grave as well, uh, which is a bit of a trick, uh, because they brought a bunch, and they expected it to last at least a good way through Saturday, and completely sold out before the day was over on Thursday. Like, they were... Like within like three hours. Yeah, yeah they, they, like, instantly sold out. That's um, Which is great for them. Luckily, their distributor is in Fort Wayne, Indiana, so Friday morning, they sent some guys in a rental vehicle, 
up to Fort Wayne, and it called Fort, the distributor said, start printing them now, we're going to come pick them up and bring it in. <laughs> by, by 2 o'clock on Friday, they brought in another box, and I happened to be in line at like 10 to 2, and, and so I, I got copies there. Yeah, and I lucked out because they actually had missed a box on Thursday, oh. so Friday morning, I, I went oh. in right at 10 and got and there was some. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, I also bought, I went to the Cobalt Press booth, and they have two um, unlicensed fifth edition products out. Mm -hmm. The Southlands uh, fifth edition companion, which is a bunch of new character options, and I figure at this point, uh, early in the edition, my players are probably begging for different options. Some of them may fit better to different campaign settings. The Southlands is a very specific type of campaign setting with, like, lion people and, and you know, that kind of stuff. Where lions? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but, but you know, stuff that I, that we could look at depending on the campaign and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And then he also has a short little adventure that he originally wrote for Pathfinder to be, like, an introduction to Midgard. Right. Like a quick, a short, a short little, yeah, yeah, Raven's Call. And so they converted that to 5th edition. So I bought those two things as well. Um, and I got some little bendy dragons for my kids. Yeah. So oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, I was playing with those earlier. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. So I got that for the kids. Uh, but that's that's been my purchases. Um, any other cool things that happened while you were at Gen Con this year that we haven't talked about? Uh, I noticed just today that phenomenon you were talking about, about Tome Show listeners coming oh, in yeah? and randomly saying stuff. Uh, Rudy and I were approached by two random people this yeah. morning who were super nice about it. And uh, and another guy was very happy to sell Rudy his uh, ticket to tonight's D&D Epic. Yeah. Um, and when, when we went to go get it from him, he was like, I love the show. It's so great. I listen to the Tome Show all the time. So yeah. um, Thanks, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now Rudy can play in the Epic. Yeah. It's awesome. Nice. Huge. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was, I, I was touched by it. I was yeah. surprised, <laughs> it was very, it was very nice. I'm <laughs> yeah. so surprised people listen to us. Yeah, yeah thank you, well, and, and <laughs> thank that, you for listening. <laughs> that's what's so nice about being here and meeting listeners, right, is that we, we record this stuff and we put it out there into the ether and we just assume people are here. I see yeah. numbers, but yeah. I still yeah. don't know. <laughs> I know there's downloads, I don't know if there's listens, you know, yeah. um, right. so it's good to, to meet, put some faith in I had the experience, um, Coming out of one of the Kobold um, seminars, somebody asked to take Wolfgang's picture, and he's like, "Oh yeah, sure, no problem." And then they asked if I would get in the picture too. I'm like, "Me? <laughs> I don't know that I've ever had anybody ask to take my picture before." I'm like, sure. Um, and then I also, I'm pretty sure, I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure uh, while walking the exhibit floor, I saw Kamel Nanjani. Yes, he's yes. performing. Yeah. Is he? Uh, yes, they had oh, the yeah, Cards I, Against I Humanity's yeah, yeah, yeah. concert last yes. night. Yeah. Yes, he's performing. So I'm walking yeah. the exhibit floor yeah. and I see him and I'm like, I think that's Kamel Nanjani, mm-hmm. who I barely, I, I honestly, most of my knowledge of Kamel is from the Harmontown podcast where they play D yes, and a little yeah, bit at the end of every right. episode. So, so I know Kamel through that, and, and then, but I've, I've seen him in some stuff mm-hmm. and whatever. Uh, and so I saw him. I'm like, oh well, and I walked past him, and then it occurred to me, I think that was Kamel. I should have mm-hmm. said hi. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, he's already moved on, and I've moved on, and I don't know if that was his wife with him because I know she's also does web stuff. Yeah, with him and whatever. So that was cool. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. who it was. Yeah. Um, and then I also, so Will Wheaton's around as well, especially with the Titans grave and all that. And I saw him on the exhibit floor and then they, they shuffled him off cause they were about to do a big Titans grave panel in the big oh, ballroom with all the people. And he was talking to people outside cause I was heading to the press room to get a drink. 
and Mike Shea was with me, and Mike says, oh, stop a second, I want to take a picture of Will amongst the big crowd, and so he's holding up his phone and trying to get it right, and, and, and while he's doing that and getting the picture of his right, Will exits the crowd and runs past us, and I say, hey, Will, and Will turns around and says, hi, you know, and then <laughs> realize he was ducking into the bathroom, right? But one... Will Wheaton said hi to me, so that was cool. Uh, and two, um, then Mike went to take, continue taking the picture, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, you just took a picture of a bunch of people that are not surrounding Will Wheaton anymore, because he just, <laughs> he, was, he was two feet away from you when you took the picture. <laughs> you completely missed him, because you were so focused on getting the picture. So, so that was cool, too. So. Nice, nice. That's yeah. awesome. And I'm... I'm hoping we got some insights to some possible interviews with some of these people as well. So we'll yeah. see what happens. Ooh, that'd be cool. I'm, I'm doing what I can. I'm, that's part of what, what coming to Gen Con is, is about too, right? Yeah. Making these contacts yeah. and networking. For us anyway, as media mm-hmm. and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to get, get in, you know, so when I do email somebody, it's not just a cold call, right? And they're like, oh, you're that guy I met at Gen Con. So sometimes that re- results in more interviews. I feel like when I, the first time I came to Gen Con is one of the times that the show kind of took a step up, right? So... I got to play in an Iron Edda game with Tracy Barnett. Oh, yeah? Who wrote it. Oh, wow. It's a fate core. Yeah, you had, was it whales and unicorns or something? What did I say? It was, uh, well, so the game itself is uh, Norse mythology, but dwarves have mecha, and humans are... (laughs) Okay, (laughs) cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and humans can be uh, bone-bonded to basically their own version of mecha as well, like to go up against them. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So we used whale and... We had the world snake uh, trying to eat all the whales, so as a lore-based magic user, I was able to get a pot of whales to help us defeat the world snake. That's awesome. And it's one of those things that when you're in your mecha, you use the fate accelerated rules, right? And then when you're not, you use the fate core rules, or or vice versa, something like that, so... Um, yeah, it's, it sounds so awesome. I'm so jealous you got to play it. I've wanted to play it so much. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, and I also like the fact that it kind of, I was a seer, mm-hmm. but really I was a bard <laughs> <laughs> in, in the end because... Which isn't inconsistent with North's... The, well, no, but yeah. it's like, it actually was an interesting way of making mm-hmm. uh, lore-based combat interesting. Because sure. mm-hmm. like I was able to call the, the whales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, cool. And stuff. Cool. Any other... Fun and quirky or interesting things that happened at Jinnicon you want to talk about before I wrap it up? I think it's been kind of interesting looking at how some of the booths, the, the amount of money they spend on them mm-hmm. is getting starting to look more like packs with the, yeah, the setups. Like big, goofy, choy robots and stuff that are as big as people. And, and yeah. huge lines to get some booths have always had huge oh, lines. Uh, yeah. You know, it, was it AG and, and Fantasy Flight? Fantasy Flight is an hour to get into their yeah. store. Hizo is always uh, not always, but the last few yeah. years has had a huge yeah, yeah. line. But um, but it has been interesting because like this even this morning I saw a huge line because a lot of, a few of them do free stuff in, mm, during right. the day sure. and people line up for a long time mm, to get that. Yeah, I even saw some. It, I, I don't. It wasn't even like a big name company or anything but they had like a spinning wheel and you got a free little right. prize yeah, so that, yeah and it's like well that's I mean that's the kind of stuff that I'd see at a carnival and walk by but people are lining up <laughs> down, yeah. down, down free. the aisle for free yeah, yeah but 
My time's not you free. Just your pins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My time's not free. I've seen a lot of people too on the exhibitor floor when there is an enormous line that's wrapping around. Everybody wants to know what's in the line because they may want to get in. Right. You yeah. know, it's like, oh, what's this? Oh, it's for. Oh, yeah. Oh. When, I don't know. I've never played that, but I need that special die. When I saw Will Wheaton at the Green Ronin booth, he wasn't supposed to be there for a special appearance or anything. He was just stopping by because they share with the Geek and Sundry booth, right? So he was just stopping by saying hi, seeing how the sales were going on the, on the game, and, you know, whatever. Um, but, like, as soon as he stopped moving there, a line slowly formed of people who were trying to come over and see it. <laughs> and, and it wasn't moving because that wasn't his intent, and he wasn't right. moving through people. He right. was just yeah, having yeah. conversations. That's, yeah. what, that's when you know you really made it. A line forms on you, and you don't even realize. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I imagine at this oh, point, he's been yes. here enough. He realizes yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. He just has, he has to have just You turn around and there's a hundred people numb and say hi to you. That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Being famous sounds like it is the worst thing. But at the same time, people were cool about it, right? (laughs) He was surrounded by people in front of the panel, and then he's like, hey, I gotta go to the bathroom. And they're like, yeah, you know, whatever. So, you know, the great thing about geeks at Gen Con, right, is that people tend to be very understanding and forgiving and polite and whatever, so. And uh, the other thing is I got a chance to talk to a woman who helps organize the spa events, and she was just talking about how Gen Con has changed changed. over the last decade or so, Mm -hmm. where, like, it originally did have a lot more, mostly men attending, and now it's hard to say that sometimes. Uh, I I don't know if definitely, but but there are lots of areas, and also I talked to Anna Walker uh, about her classes, and, you know... Anna Walker, uh, people may know Randall, her husband... Uh, but she does felt she does felt classes. monster crafting mm-hmm. sort of yeah. seminars. Yeah, and, and, and she even helped today. You can do a coat of arms, like not today. Uh, this this, this Gen Con, yeah. you could do a coat of arms and stuff. And she's talking about like she get. It's not just spouses. The spouses are also gamers a lot of times, right. or they are the gamers. They're just coming to the thing. And also, she was saying how it's interesting, she gets people who attend who think that the spousal means it's an event you bring your spouse to. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than meant to be like for, for people who yeah. aren't into who aren't gamers. gamers. Yeah. The yeah. spouse of a gamer who right. needs something to do. So it's kind of an interesting mm-hmm. way that the, everything's changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh, so my girlfriend is an event planner, and Gen Con fascinates her. Like, when I come home... The thing she wants me to bring are, you know, the guidebook. She wants to <laughs> pour through that. And then she has a million questions about how did they do this and what was this like and were they running this. And the uh, spousal activities were fascinating to her because it really is a great spectrum. It's everything from if you're not interested in games, you can go take a brewery, uh, a tour of Indiana. Yeah, you went to the, the Native American Museum. Like yeah. That was just on my own, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can do all that kind of stuff. And then there's things that are gaming adjacent, like the creation of felt monsters or like gamer <laughs> yoga is is in there and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then there's like introduction to gaming if you mm-hmm. are interested in, you know, what your significant other is doing. And there's a babysitting service too. Yeah. In yeah. fact, it's in this hotel. <laughs> Does it, no. yeah, yeah. I've never used it and I don't know how I feel about dropping my kid off with some stranger at Gen Con, but, <laughs> but it's available and, and they've been doing it for years, so I'm, I'm sure nothing insurance. has happened. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and yeah, you have two, right? So, you know, before right. it gets lost. <laughs> I got an replacement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, and the other thing that I find fascinating, um, and this I assume is for any convention that rolls through any city, but it's great how the vendors get in on Gen Con and have like 
Uh, every brewery sure. has their special Gen Con beer. Yeah. And James won some free pierogies because he rolled a 17. Oh, uh, that was the highlight of Gen Con. Yeah, we forgot to mention that. Yeah, you know, the food trucks get into it and rename all their dishes, and uh, I won pierogies because if you rolled a 17 or higher on a D20, yeah. you got and, a free order. And the food truck uh, option for food has, like, exploded in the last few years. Like, the, there are 20 di- or, some, or more different food trucks yeah. every single day, and they rotate in and out, so it's constantly something new. Like, you can eat nothing but food trucks yeah. the whole time you're here if you want to. Yeah. Um, any disappointments of the con? Well, you think. I, I'll mention a few. One... <laughs> There are people I see every year that I haven't seen this year, including um, SRM, um, Rob Schwab, mm-hmm. and Stan. I haven't managed to, to see any of them. Um, and I guess one disappointment is that one of the booths decided that they were going to go back to the old booth babe thing. Yeah, yeah. we saw her. That seemed entirely... We saw her last like, year. I, I, I kind of felt... I kind of feel like... We're past that, and why are we still doing that? And yeah. apparently, they, that, they haven't gotten the memo. But you know, <laughs> yeah, it feels it feels weird. And at the same time, uh, it is also clearly an effective thing. If you look at that booth, you see people lining up. Well, to they also have like a fifteen foot robot or something. Yeah, that that's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. They would. It would light my heart to know I that think, the robot was the issue. Yeah, I would, like, I, I, I would like to think that they would get attention with a fifteen foot robot. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, any other disappointed, any disappointments? Um, I mean, I didn't miss, I don't know, I, it would have been really cool if Star Coast Legends was on display somewhere or something. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, I, I'm not super surprised it wasn't here, it just would have been really cool if it was. Yeah, and, and as much as I, I understand Watsi's reasoning yeah. for their decisions, like, yeah, but it's also really cool to have the announcements of the new products and, and, and all that kind of stuff, and I get why they're, they're not, and, and, and mm-hmm. Mike talked about it in the interview, but, um. But yeah, it, but that's also fun to go to to go to that packed room where they every year they used to do where they'd have that packed room and they they'd have the slideshow like it was you know they'd do the the like the Apple keynote of here's how the brand is doing and yeah. here's the things coming up oh and one more thing yeah. ah you know and get people all excited and people are live tweeting it and it's, there's all this buzz about it and then just, that's just not what they're doing anymore. Well, I feel like that's part of the reason why sometimes it's hard for us. I mean, so it's easy. Mike Shea is part of the podcast network, but. In the past, a lot of my friends, I'd see them at the seminars where I don't right. see them if, if mm-hmm. everyone's at the right. gaming hall. Because there are now 800 people right. that yeah. you're trying to see. Yeah, that's true. Yep. No, and then, yeah, and that's part of the issue, right? I'm disappointed I haven't gotten to see these people because every single year I meet new people and there's more of them that I want to keep seeing. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, I have too many friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had lunch today with Matt Stenson, who's done some freelance yeah, yeah, work yeah. for oh, yeah, for Paizo, awesome. and I just I met him, and he's a listener, and and so he and and, and his wife yeah, and I got together and had we lunch. have met so many new people, and I've gotten so many. new And this is year, year two for you. Some of them have been yeah. coming for five or six yeah, years. Yeah, it's been great, and it's been great. You, they're like. Oh, so what do you do? Oh, I wrote something for this game. I wrote something for Dracula Dusty. Oh my god! Like, I mean, <laughs> it's hard not to freak out all the time when you meet new people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, any last thoughts, or we should we go ahead and wrap this up? Uh, you know, I would say that if you have not come to Gen Con and you are Gen Con curious, uh, you should definitely check it out. That would be. <laughs> I, 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 I would uh, amend that. Oh. If you have not been to Gen Con and you don't want to dedicate yourself to coming to Gen Con every year for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> don't come to Gen Con because once you come to one Gen Con 
you will insist on returning every year. Yeah, you'll be a Gen Con junkie. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true. It, it, it just takes one experience to get you hooked. Yeah. <laughs> Rom, my roommate in the other room from my game group, uh, his first Gen Con was last year, and he got robbed and still insisted at the end of it that he wanted to come back. <laughs> Somebody stole his backpack, and all they got was some board games and a player's handbook. You know, it's yeah. Yeah, well, and that just goes to show the, the testament to how great a lot of the people are here, how much fun you have, and, you know, I think uh, I think we, in the pre-con podcast, we were pretty down on, like, there's not going to be this, and there's not going to be that, and there's not, and I had a blast. So, uh, oh, yeah. you know, I, all, all that being said. There was never any question whether we'd have a blast. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, yeah, I would say, you know, if you're curious, come check it out, because it is a great time. Last thoughts from Rudy or Tracy? Nope. Uh, super fun. <laughs> <laughs> I claim Gen Con has magical powers because I get, so for my anxiety, I get upper back pain and it's been good ever since I've been here. Cool. Well, there you go. Gen Con has yeah. magical powers and has healed Tracy's back. Your so. mileage may vary. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right. So that's, uh, that's going to be the end of our Gen Con coverage. At this point, um, Sam has been diligently working back in New York. Uh, putting out all of these episodes. I just record and then um, send them to him every single night at the end of the night so he has all this audio to put up. So make sure to say thank you to Sam whenever you get a chance. He's at DM Samuel on Twitter because uh, he does a great job of getting all this stuff out and editing all of our normal episodes and everything. So it wouldn't happen without him. Thank you, Sam. Uh, and we hope to see him at Gen Con some year. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, and if you enjoyed the show, please consider using our Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links found on the show notes at thetomeshow.com. Thanks again, and keep gaming.